0: Okay, now this evening, I want to continue our focus on emancipation and slavery. But what I want to do this evening, though, I want to change the emphasis uh, at the beginning of our service tonight from the biblical and historical lessons to modern-day slavery. Now, although I will share a portion of an audio dramatization of the story of a slave who worked for his freedom, then worked for the abolition of slavery, he got together with Newton and Wilberforce and some others And the whole story is into wine, and I'll give you a little bit of that today. You'll hear all of it on ECB tomorrow. But I believe that knowing about these historical figures, these slave figures especially, who've done so much to abolish slavery, these are the real heroes. These are the people that we should be looking to, especially those who are known to be Christians. For those individuals who are involved in the activities of trying to do uh, away with the abolition of slavery, I believe it's important for us to understand that these individuals and their history are more important to us as Bahamians than our knowing about how many movie stars came from the Bahamas or how many entertainers came from the Bahamas. I think it's important for us to know about some of these individuals who helped and who had a part to bring about the culture that we share today you see it's important for us to do this and that's one of the reasons why i'm spending time on this but the other is because what i want to talk about now cuz i want us to i want to draw our attention to the present day situation of slavery that very few of us are aware of but which i believe all of us Should be concerned Especially those of us who are Bahamians Because you see We are rejoicing today In the emancipation of slavery But yet It has been estimated that there are more slaves In the world today Than there were In the 18th and 19th century So in a very real sense Slavery has not been abolished In spite of what the books say it's like a hanging law here. You know, we have on the books that murders are to be hanged, but we don't hang them. You see, it's the same thing with slavery. Slavery is off the books, but it's still being practiced around the world. And I believe that if there's anybody who should be involved in helping to eradicate and abolish slavery today, are Bohemians. Because that's how we should show the appreciation for the freedom that we have in our own country. To do otherwise is to be selfish and to have no concern for those who suffered the same way many of your forefathers suffered in the 1800s. And so what I want to do now is to show you a short clip again of... Uh, a little idea of the slavery, the type of slavery that is going on, and a movement that has already been started to help to abolish it. So we could have that right now, and then we'll come back for the discussion.
1: 2007, we're celebrating the 200th anniversary of the abolition of the British slave trade when William Wilberforce and his Clapham sect were able to struggle against slavery and see it abolished. And sometimes I hear people saying, gee, I, I wish I could have been part of that. But the fact is, in our world today, there are about 27 million people held in slavery. They're not metaphorical slaves, they're actual slaves. In fact, there are more people living in slavery today than were extracted from Africa during 400 years of the transatlantic slave trade. There is actually a modern day struggle against slavery. And we don't have to wonder whether or not we would have done the right thing. We can actually do the right thing now. We can be a voice for those in slavery and we can see them set free. This is the invitation that history offers to us today.
2: I'm Zach Hunter, and I'm the spokesperson for the Amazing Change Campaign. It's a campaign inspired by William Wilberforce to abolish modern day slavery.
1: I picture all the things that I have seen, all the broken hearts and tainted memories.
2: Many people don't know that slavery still exists, but it really does. You know, there are kids being held all over the world rolling cigarettes or working in brothels in really bad situations. And that's the problem that we're trying to solve through the Amazing Change campaign.
3: It's time that we should.
2: I'll tell you what slavery looks like nowadays. It can be anything from whole families working in agricultural plantations to little children rolling cigarettes all day long. Actually, I have an artifact of modern-day slavery. These are real shackles that would be used on children nowadays. You know, Slavery is still alive and well. And this is living proof of it. It didn't die 200 years ago. Slavery is still just as horrible as it was then
1: that I felt was prettygency and all I see in front of me a faces fading from this vacant scene.
2: I believe that my generation can be the generation to abolish slavery once and for all. you to find something that you're passionate about. It may not even be the slavery issue, which is my personal passion, but if you have a passion for something, then that most likely means that it would be something that you're good at doing. Whether it's clothing the naked or feeding the hungry, uh, you can find out about ways to help those people through the AmazingChange.com. If we work together, we can change the world for the better.
0: As I mentioned, there is a Petition you can sign at the, fo- in the foyer that we're going to be sending to, uh, to this organization. They will be sending it to the different nations involved. One of the disturbing factors here is that the majority of the slaves are children, young girls, and women, young women. It's just horrendous to read some of the stories of how children, young girls, as young as six and eight years old, have been kept as sex slaves for individuals, and it isn't just one or two; it, there are millions of them, and uh, it, it's a, it's an awful situation. And it's just no way that we as Christians to just sit by and see that that remains in that fashion. So we're going to be finding and working uh, with uh, uh, Patrick Segaleo. I called him the other day, and he's getting some information for me to try to work with ministries associations that are dealing directly with this situation and there are many things that can be done and we pray for wisdom here because i have really committed myself to this area because it's made such an impact on me in 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 doing this study and so i trust that you will join us in in this fight against slavery in our day as well now i want sometimes it's hard for us to believe that slavery is still going on today let me read your document now. It came from Dr. Sugdeo. Uh It is a government as uh, an official document, in a sense. And as you read it, I'm going to read it from the screen here, but as I read it, I want you to understand this isn't a document that was written 200 years ago. This is a document that was written last year. This is an ancient history. This is something that is going on right now. Let's, let me read the slide for you here. Uh, it's last year in, in 2006, I think, April in Easter time. It says, President Kiir of Southern Sudan calls for retrieval of slaves. In a parliamentary speech delivered in Juba on April the 10th, Southern Sudan's President Salva Kiir. Declared that his government remains deeply committed to the retrieval of southern Sudanese women and children abducted and enslaved in northern Sudan. Yesterday, the executive director of CSI USA, Dr. John Aibma, sent an Easter appeal to US President George Bush, urging him to back President Kerr's effort to liberate and repatriate black southern Sudanese slaves who are still in bondage. And you get that? Black, Southern, Sudanese slaves who are still in bondage. The East Appeal calls on President Bush to establish an independent U.S. commission to monitor the eradication of slavery in Sudan, to make emergency funds available to facilitate the release of located slaves, and to help President Kiir's government establish an effective mechanism for slave liberation and repatriation. Despite the comprehensive peace agreement signed in January 2005 by Sudan's Islamist president, General Omar Bishir, and the late chairman of the Sudan People's Liberation Army, Colonel John Garang, Sudan's slavery crisis remains unresolved. Tens of thousands of black slaves remain in bondage in northern Sudan, according to to conservative estimates. During 22 years of civil war, Islamic militants of the government of Sudan systematically raided black non-Muslim villages near the border with the north. CSI interviews with liberated slaves reveal a clear pattern of physical and psychological abuse, including rape, beatings, female genital mutilation, forced conversion to Islam, Arabization, racial and religious insults. The United Nations once placed high hopes on General Bashir's establishment In 1999, of the showcase committee for the eradication of the abduction of women and children. Results, however, have been meagre. Now, okay, I forgot, okay, CEAWC itself has located and documented over 8,000 black slaves from southern Sudan, just a fraction of the total number of enslaved. But this year, it has liberated and repatriated less than less than 300 slaves, according to a senior CEAWC official. The Khatom government has suspended financial support for slave liberation activity. Moreover, Khatom-backed Janaweed militants continue to abduct and enslave black women and children in Darfur. That's one of the worst areas for slavery in northern Sudan. As documented in a report of the International Commission of Inquiry on Darfur to the United Nations Secretary-General, January twenty-fifth, two 2005 Ladies and gentlemen This is modern day slavery It is still going on And believe it or not We feel the facts of it here in different ways um, And we'll be looking at some of, the, uh, of it uh, Let me give you one illustration I gave one this morning about the two ladies Who were held against their will And their passports were taken away from them by people in a nightclub who wanted them to dance and to offer themselves to men who come in. That's a form of slavery. That's a form of slavery. I had a patient come to me the other day. He wanted to know if I'd be willing, if I can, to, uh, to take on his uh, uh, papers. Because as they, he says another fellow had his papers he was working for, but he wouldn't, wouldn't give it to him. He, he's holding it. And he hasn't been able to get paid because the job that he does for this man, this man sends the, other, the, the Haitians to different places. And so the people pay him, not the Haitians directly. But he says he hasn't been gotten any money. He can't go anywhere because his papers have been held. He's not getting any money or very little because of that. That's a form of slavery. See, we've got to face these things. And we're going to be... Pulling on more of these things on a daily basis To cause us to realize That sometimes as Bahamians we get too comfortable And some of the same things that happened to our forefathers Are happening to others And we're not lifting a finger to help But yet we'll condemn those who didn't back then We've got to think carefully About what's going on here Now, one of the things that has been established is that Muslims are responsible for much of the slave trade now going on their part of the world. That has been established. There's no doubt about that. This is in theory. It's been established. Now, I'm not sure we'll be able to play this, but I got it off of sight, and I want you to, again, I want you to see if I if are able to play it. It might be a little small, so listen carefully. Can we try it?
4: The radical Muslim groups are pursuing their goal of creating the first Islamic continent. Recently, I traveled to the Indian Ocean Island of Zanzibar to document how one such group is playing its part to achieve this goal. Its method is to kidnap Christian girls and boys and force them to convert to Islam. Here's the story of one Christian girl's odyssey into the dark world of Islamic kidnappings. Welcome to the island of Zanzibar, anchored in the Indian Ocean, 50 miles off Africa's East Coast. Zanzibar is one of the few places that could truly be called a paradise on Earth. But there's more to this tropical island than meets the eye. Zanzibar was once East Africa's main slave trading port. By the mid-1800s, 50,000 slaves were bought and sold each year. The dealers sailed here from across Asia and the Middle East. They returned with their boats filled with men, women, and children. The practice was eventually outlawed. centuries later, the brutal trade has taken on a new dimension. Young Christian girls are being abducted, forced to convert to Islam, and in some cases, shipped to parts of the Islamic world. Flora Davidson knows how it feels to have a child disappear.
5: I looked everywhere for her, but I could not find her. Even the police gave up looking for her.
4: July 2004, Flora's 14-year-old Christian daughter, Joyce, is kidnapped by members of Wamsho, a radical Muslim group on the island.
5: They're
4: going back to a home to become a Muslim. The kidnapper was Miriam, a 45-year-old Muslim woman, seen in the CBN News undercover video. Miriam refused to talk to us on camera, but she insisted that Joyce had voluntarily become a Muslim. told me to change my religion. Did you want to become a Muslim? No. Were you forced? Yes. So for three days, your mother was looking for you?
5: Yes. I was wearing the, I mean, some photos here
4: wearing the Muslims. So they wanted to conceal your identity? Yes, so oh. that I not And for a while it worked, until police and Joyce's mother were tipped off that she had been shipped to the mainland city of Dar es Salaam. Authorities found Joyce there and sent her on a boat back home. So I went with several police
5: officers to the docks to find her. We waited, but there was no sign of Joyce. Almost everyone was off the boat. The police even got tired of looking and left. But then suddenly, I saw this small girl.
4: A small girl who was completely veiled that even her mother, at first glance, did not even recognize her own daughter. But then, a
5: clue. I noticed her legs and the way she walked. And immediately I knew that this was my daughter under that veil. I walked up to her and lifted her veil. And there she was, my daughter. I had found her.
4: Yet it was only the beginning of her nightmare.
5: Well, since he and he told me that... Wherever I'll go, I'll stay, and then I'll be back on their side. I'll remember him forever he was meant to me.
4: Did they say that they would track you down anywhere, anytime? Yes. <laughs> Four days after she was rescued, Joyce was kidnapped again by the same group. This time, she landed in the hands of this man. We help educate the new converts and give them guidance on how to live as a good Muslim. Sheikh Zanik Khalid Hamdan is a prominent radical Muslim who runs the group Uamsho. He wants to turn Zanzibar into what Afghanistan used to look like under the Taliban, the kind of island where Sharia law, which includes punishments like amputation, stoning and beheading, would be the law of the land. Sharia. Sharia law is the basis of all law. It allows us to pass judgment based on the Quran against those who don't follow the laws of Allah. 97% of Zanzibar's population practices the Islamic faith. The remaining mix is a combination of Christian and Hindu. Hamdan is not satisfied. He wants everyone on the island to convert to Islam. We don't kidnap the Christian children and force them to convert to Islam. We only educate them on the ways of Islam, once they have converted on their own. Peter Nisha disagrees. For years, Nisha has tracked the activities of Sheikh Hamdan. Today, he runs a ministry trying to rescue children like Joyce. The objective is to prop as many as many uh, wood muslims who advocates the sharia so in this they think they are a sacrifice to god if they could help many as many children into their, their congregation morning, you? several christian girls have gone missing in recent years
5: Many Christian parents are worried that what happened to Joyce could happen to
4: their children. After being kidnapped for the second time, Joyce spent the next several weeks in an Islamic school. Day after day, she was forced to memorize the verses of the Quran in Arabic. They even made her change her name. What was your new name?
5: Yoach Suleiman Muhammad.
4: It is illegal under Zanzibari law to convert a Christian girl under the age of 18. Flora says the authorities showed complete disregard for this law and even threatened her.
5: So if I was warned that if I continued looking for my child, they would arrest me. In fact, I met some police officers who were Muslims and they said to me how happy they were that my daughter had become a Muslim.
4: In the meantime, Joyce's kidnappers were preparing to smuggle her out of the country.
5: They got a passport for her and wanted to ship her to Saudi Arabia.
4: But after Flora hounded the kidnappers for weeks, Joyce was finally released.
5: My daughter's salad has been robbed. I cannot take back what has happened to her. I wish I could, but I thank God that I have my daughter back.
4: So far, no one has been charged with Joyce's kidnapping. Sheikh Hamdan is awaiting trial for his alleged role in a string of bombings against churches on the island. Yes. Although Joyce is still on the road to an emotional and psychological recovery, she says... She has hope. What makes you so strong? From Jesus. What have you learned from this entire experience?
5: Just help me to be strong and forget the things which happened to me.
4: Have you forgiven those that did this to you? Yes. I
5: know that if I not forgive them, also God not forgive me. That time was on their side. And
4: if I forgive them, I will forgive George Thomas, CBN News, reporting from the Indian Ocean Island of Zanzibar.
0: It was a, uh, that was a good story. But the hundreds of thousands of like that uh, were quite turned out quite differently. This is what you might call the religious kidnapping and religious slavery. But there's also what they call the economic slavery. This is child kidnapping where they take children... And use them to uh, in factories, like for instance in India, uh, to make carpets. And uh, they have a move on now that for if you do buy any carpets that are made in India, check it and see if it says that this was made, not made by child labor. Because it's also true in China, uh, where they have a lot of this, these cheap these cheap things that you buy here. much of it is made by slaves who are children and that's one way that we could fight back, watch out what you buy just because you get it at a good price doesn't mean it's a good deal you could be buying the results of child slavery and they have all different kinds of it but the focus again is on children and that's what really touched my heart here, the fact that so many children are being used in this abusive fashion and we're going to be making this our focus in our missions conference and, um, Because I really feel that we need to do something much um, In a much greater way than we're doing right now Now, I could go on and on with this type of a thing But the point is, slavery is still alive and well in the world And we must do everything we can to eliminate it once for all Don't you agree? We must do everything we can Now, I hope that you will start by beginning by signing that uh, that petition that we have in the um, in the foyer now as i promised i have an audio clip from the dramatization of the life of a slave who after securing his own freedom he joined newton and wilberforce and they, they called this group a clan they were the ones responsible for finally abolishing slavery Uh, The setting of of the audio is he is before a committee of Englishmen who are dealing with whether or not the trade should be abolished. This is before it happened, of course, and he's being ridiculed and everything else. But he's sharing his testimony as to how he became a free man and how he was abused in so many different ways. But it also shows of his deep faith in Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to this before we close. Can we have that? It's just audio, it's not video, so please listen carefully to it. And as I said, you'll hear the whole thing tomorrow, Lord willing, over ECB. Can we have the audio now, please?
6: Gentlemen, I submit once again that this man's testimony does not speak against the cruelty of slavery, (laughs) but if it's opportunities for those who are industrious... (laughs) Mr. Stridley,
3: industry is possible where it is nurtured. And Mr. King nurtured mine and me to tell you my experiences on our voyage to philadelphia we landed in georgia for trading one sunday night in savannah as i was with some negroes in their master's yard it happened that their master one dr perkins who was a very severe and cruel man came in
7: drunk <laughs> what's going on here it's late
6: why aren't you in your cabins boy You're not one of mine? Who are you? I am Gustavus Vasa. I I, I sail with Captain Farmer. Captain Farmer? Well, what are you doing here? You're stirring up insurrection? You foreign slaves are nothing but trouble. Where is my stick? Ah! I'll teach you for trespassing. <laughs> sir,
3: I, 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 if <laughs> you speak with Captain Fama, I'm certain he will assure you of my... Assure me? <laughs> let me assure you, nigger, that I won't have <laughs> <the>
6: troublemakers
3: <laughs> in my yard! <laughs> you hear? Come on, mercy! You'll learn, oh, boy! Mercy,
6: oh, you are going to learn! There! <laughs> <Now>! Get out! <up! laughs>
3: And mangled me in a shameful manner leaving me near dead I lost so much blood from the wounds I received that I lay quite motionless and was so benumbed that I could not feel anything for many hours early in the morning his slaves took me away to the jail
7: where could he have gone This isn't like him, not like him at all. He wouldn't have run away. He couldn't have run away.
3: Captain, we found him!
6: You must come quickly!
7: Hurry, will you?
8: I am hurrying. But remember, this isn't my doing, sir. He is as they brought him last night. Gustavus!
7: Dear God, what have they done to you? jailer? fetch me a doctor immediately. It's all right, lad. I'll take care of you.
3: Captain Farmer soon got me out of jail to his lodgings and immediately sent for the best doctors in the place, who at first declared that I could not recover. My captain went to all the lawyers in the town for their advice, but they told him they could do nothing for me, as I was a Negro. He then went to Dr. Perkins, the man who had beaten me, swearing he would be revenged of him, and challenged him to fight. However, cowardice is ever the companion of cruelty. Duel you, sir, over a nigger? I will not... Go away before
6: I have you arrested and don't think I can't have it done.
3: By the skillfulness of one Dr. Brady of that place, I began at last to mend and was able to get out of bed in about 16 or 18 days. In about four weeks, I was able to go on duty. Was Dr. Perkins ever brought to justice? He was not, for there is no justice in such a place. And it was not the only dealings I had with his sort, all of which made me more impatient till we proceeded again to see that I might have an opportunity of getting a sum large enough to purchase my freedom. By now, I had earned a total of 47 pounds,
5: and so I consulted
3: my Mm -hmm. captain about how I should proceed in offering my master the money for my freedom.
7: You'll do well to assure him that you will not leave his employ, not immediately.
3: My heart is fixed on London. However,
7: I feel duty-bound out of gratitude to serve you a while longer. Good. I am to have breakfast with Mr. King tomorrow morning. Come then, and we will discuss the matter with him together. Hmm. Robert, Gustavus Vasa is here to speak with you. Is he?
8: Why? Oh, a small matter, sir. Well, call him in. Gustavus! Sir? Good morning, Gustavus. What may I do for you?
3: I have come to ask you to be as good as your promise to me. My promise? What promise? The promise of my freedom as soon as I could purchase it.
8: What? Give you your freedom? Now? Have you got 40 pounds sterling? Yes, sir. How did you come by it?
7: Through my own initiative, sir. I will attest to that, Robert. He earned the money very honestly and with much industry.
8: Well, I am astonished. You made the money much faster than I expected. I would not have made the promise if I had thought you'd get the money so soon. Oh, I am truly astonished. Well... Come,
7: come, Robert. I think you must let him have his freedom. You have made a good investment in Gustavus, and you have received good interest for it all this time. I know Gustavus has earned you more than a hundred a year, and he will still save you money, as he will not leave you. Take the money, Robert.
8: I will not go back on my promise. Your
0: money, sir.
8: Congratulations, Gustavus. (laughs) Now you must go immediately to the secretary at the register office and get your manumission drawn up. Bring it to me, and I will sign it with pleasure.
7: Thank you, Master. Thank you. Congratulations to you both. I have glorified God in my heart, in whom I trusted.
0: Ah.
8: The 126th Psalm. Appropriately remembered, Gustavus. Now... Be on your way
3: my imagination was all rapture as i flew to the register office i could scarcely believe i was awake heavens who could do justice to my feelings at this moment all within my breast was tumult wildness and delirium. My feet scarcely touched the ground, for they were winged with joy.
8: Freedom, eh? Congratulations, young man. I mean it earnestly. Thank you, sir. For this occasion, I will draw up the manumission for half price, only a guinea. With gratitude, sir. Mm. Ah, good. Let me see. Montserrat. To all men, unto whom these presents shall come, know ye that I, the aforesaid Robert King, for and in consideration of the sum of forty pounds, to me in hand paid, and to the intent that a Negro manslave named Gustavus Vassa, eh, shall and may become free. In witness whereof, I, the above said, Robert King, have unto these presents set my hand and seal this tenth day of July, in the year of our Lord, one thousand seven hundred and sixty-six, there.
3: By nightfall, I, who had been a slave in the morning, trembling at the will of another, had become my own Master and completely free. I thought this was the happiest day I had ever experienced
0: You remained with Mr. King and Captain Farmer
3: from that day I was entered on board as an able-bodied seaman at 36 shillings per month Besides what perquisites I could make I voyaged with the Nancy to St. Eustasia and back to America Alas the voyage did not come to a happy end. Oh What else occurred? Both Captain Farmer and Mr. Dixon became sickly in Savannah and as we returned to Montserrat, they grew worse until the whole care of the vessel rested upon me. In about 17 days, Captain Farmer's illness increased so much that he was obliged to keep to his bed. When my dear friend found his symptoms worsening, he summoned me to his cabin.
7: Gustavus. Yes, Captain. Have I ever done you any harm? God forbid I should think
3: so. I should then be the most ungrateful of wretches to the best of
7: benefactors. I am glad to hear it. For I go now to my judge who will hold me accountable for Captain, Captain.
3: The next day, we committed his body to the deep. Every man on board loved this man and regretted his death. But I was exceedingly affected at it, and I found that I did not know till he was gone
7: the strength of my regard for him. Even with the loss of Captain Farmer, the uh, records also show that you continue to oblige your former master, uh, Mr. King, by remaining with his ships, traveling again under a new captain. Captain Phillips, who was
3: not a very good captain a poor navigator who caused us to be shipwrecked in the Bahamas, and later to be cast upon the rocks near New Providence. But you were free and are free. And the story's finished. Not quite, sir. For Negroes are never entirely free. Upon returning to Savannah to conduct business for Mr. King, I was once again threatened by two white men who put me in the jail and threatened to whip me for no offense other than I was sitting in a house of a Negro friend after 9 o'clock at night. That I was a free man was of no consequence to them. It was only through the help of Dr. Brady that they let me go. Upon my release, another two white men attempted to kidnap me, swearing that I was a runaway slave. I began to loathe Georgia as I did the West Indies.
6: (laughs) I'm astounded you consented to return to Georgia
0: after your first experience. I would not have left the safety of the ship. (laughs) (laughs) I
3: have not returned since. However, I did return once more to see Mr. King. When I told him I intended to go to London that season and that I had come to visit him before my departure, the good man expressed a great deal of affection for me and sorrow that I should leave him.
8: Don't go, Gustavus. Stay here. You are respected by all the gentlemen in this place and will do very well. You're such a resourceful fellow that I have no doubt that in a short time, you will have land and slaves.
0: Okay, good. Sorry, I thought, I thought we had the wrong spot. Go ahead.
3: London, I declined remaining any longer there. With a light heart, I bid Montserrat farewell and never had my feet on it since. And with it, I bid adieu to the sound of the cruel whip and all other dreadful instruments of torture. I wished for a grateful and thankful heart to praise the Lord God on high for all his mercies. My first thoughts upon arriving in London were to look out for some of my former friends. And amongst the first of those were the Guerrins, the cousins of Captain Pascal. I found them at Mays Hill, Greenwich. They were most agreeably surprised to see me, and I was quite overjoyed at meeting with them. I told them my history, at which they expressed great wonder. They also freely acknowledged it did their cousin Captain Pascal no honor to have sold me as he did. Nor did he have honor when I encountered him one day in Greenwich Park.
7: Good heavens! Gustavus! How... How is it that you got back? In a ship.
3: (laughs) I did not expect you to walk back to London on the water. I have thought of you often, sir. Have you? I have often thought how you used me very ill after I had been such a faithful servant to you for so many years. Wasted thoughts, I believe. I would like my prize money now. Don't be absurd. I owe you nothing. Your prize money was mine by rights. I have been informed otherwise.
6: Then you are welcome to commence a lawsuit against me for it. There are lawyers enough that will take the cause in hand, I have no doubt. Try it. I will, sir. What? You will not. I defy you. Do you hear me? I defy you.
3: For the sake of my relationship with the captain's dear cousins, I did not pursue the matter. I forfeited my prize money and took on the trade of hairdressing in Coventry Court's hair market.
7: And for some time you were associated with Dr. Charles Irving. Ah. Is he not the scientist who successfully converted salt Mm seawater into fresh water? Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, sir. sir. (laughs) Yet you returned to the sea.
3: My wages were not sufficient, and so I thought it best, therefore, to try the sea again in quest of more money. Mm
0: -hmm.
7: Is it accurate to say, Mr Equiano, uh, that you then spent the next 20 years at sea?
0: Yes, sir. Am I to understand correctly that you also joined Dr Irving on an expedition to the North Pole? in search of a passage to India?
3: I did. A four-month journey. By all accounts, we had been closer to the North Pole than any navigator had ever ventured before, though we did not find a way to India.
6: And with your return to England, you were seduced by the lies of the abolitionists and established as their puppet,
3: were you not? No more than you are a puppet for those things which you believe, Mr. Stridley.
6: (laughs) (laughs) All told, you may be the most travelled man of our time. Impressive for a former slave. And I will submit a testimony to your ingenuity,
3: while being no accusation against the trade itself. No accusation, sir. Only by the blessings and mercy of Providence was I able to travel as I did, a free man, yet always a Negro. A Negro who was often cheated in business by unscrupulous white men, ever in danger of being kidnapped yet again and returned to the life from which I have been saved. Under constant threat from captains, shipmates, traders, judges and those entrusted to enforce the law. But always for whites and never for Negroes. To your point, sir... I did not join the abolitionists as much as I was driven to them by providence, who, by his grace, did not allow me to become complacent in my freedom, yet kept before me the reminders of my former life and the very visible reality of the lives of others. Do you know of John Annis, sir? What of him? He was a clever black man and was engaged as cook by my own recommendation on board the Anglicania under the command of John Hughes. He was a free Negro, Mr. Stridley, having obtained his freedom years before from his former master, Mr. William Kirkpatrick, a man of the island of St. Kitts. I know Mr. Kirkpatrick, he is a gentleman. To you, perhaps, but not to John Annis. Though he had made John Annis free, he afterwards regretted his decision and tried on many occasions to kidnap John and bring him back to his former place of slavery. Repeated attempts led to failure until Mr. Kirkpatrick learned that John Annis was on board our ship, whereupon he brought two ferry boats and six men to tie and forcibly take John away from the ship in the presence of the crew and the chief mate. Chief, you must do something.
7: He is a
8: free man. Stop them! There's nothing I can do. It's not my business, except that I must now find a new cook.
3: At great personal cost, I attempted to regain the poor man his liberty, if possible, having known the want of liberty myself. I appealed to the law, acquiring the help of that great philanthropist, Granville Sharp. Another abolitionist. (laughs) We obtained all of the legal documents against Mr Kirkpatrick to gain the unhappy man his liberty. But, alas, our efforts failed, and John Annis was returned to St Kitts, where he was, according to custom, staked to the ground with four pins through a cord, two on his wrists and two on his ankles, was cut and flogged most unmercifully, and afterwards loaded cruelly with irons about his neck. He remained in this same state until death released him out of the hands of his tyrant. This is
6: conjecture. More abolitionist
3: fabrication. I am prepared to produce for you the legal documents and letters. Or, if those will not suffice, then allow me to speak of a case known to you all here. The Zong. Do you remember the Zong, Mr. Stridley? an English slave ship that became lost during a voyage, and to save rations of water, 130 Negroes were thrown alive into the sea. And if that were not enough, the captain then had the audacity to try to collect insurance on the dead men as lost cargo. How can I not apply myself to the abolition of this hideous trade? Tortures, murder, and every other imaginable barbarity and iniquity are practiced upon the poor slaves with impunity. How is it, sir, that you do not apply yourself to stop this practice? I am done with this.
6: You, the House of Lords, this entire process be damned. To impugn the reputation and dignity of not one but many English gentlemen who serve this country overseas is more than my patience can endure. yeah, yeah. Gustavus or Equiano or whatever his name may be is is nothing more than a parrot well trained by Wilberforce, Sharp, Clarkson, Ramsay, and the rest of his abolitionist benefactors Uh, good point sir. no matter how well he is dressed or how eloquently he speaks or how many years he spends in London he's not or ever shall be an Englishman he's an African nothing more or less who has personally gained from his slavery and his relationship with our good people I'm unpersuaded by his testimony, even if I believed any of it to be true, which I do not! Good evening to you all! Where with you, Red Lake. Come on!
0: <clears throat> what are the rules of order, Lord Collins? We've lost three of our members. Yes, yes, I.
7: Mm. I, uh, I believe it would be appropriate to adjourn. Yes. Uh, thank mm. you, Mr. Equiano, for your time. Uh, Do you have any final remarks you wish to make to our committee?
3: Gentlemen, I early accustomed myself to look for the hand of God in the minutest occurrence and to learn from it a lesson of morality and religion. And in this light, every circumstance I have related was to me of importance. After all, what makes any event important unless by its observation, we become better and wiser and learn to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. You are gentlemen of power. The elevation of your rank and the dignity of your stations are suitable to the nature of a free and generous government. May the time come when the great people of this nation shall gratefully commemorate a new era of freedom and abolish the slave trade. May the blessings of the Lord be upon the heads of all those who take the part of the oppressed Negroes. The fear of God prolong their days, and may their expectations of freedom be filled with gladness. Thank you, gentlemen.
8: We are adjourned.
5: louder, My love. You're home earlier than I expected.
3: Our meeting was ended abruptly. The advocates of slavery walked out.
5: Oh. Did you speak? I did. Do you believe it will make a difference to our cause?
3: it will make a difference perhaps not tomorrow or the day after or the year after that or a decade after that yet it will make a difference as the truth always makes a difference even in a world of lies our god is just and will use the efforts of just men to prevail
0: Equiano actually became quite a man. He became an author, a speaker, he traveled widely. But sadly, he did not live to see the emancipation of slavery. He died a few years before the bill was finally passed in 1807. But you know, I believe that if he was here along with Wilberforce and Newton, if they were alive today, they would be joining us once again to see that slavery around the world is abolished. The fight is still on to abolish slavery. Will you be willing to join the fight? That's the question. You'll be given opportunities to do so, beginning with signing the petition, but later perhaps even utilize finances and other means to help eradicate this terrible and awful Slave trade still in existence today. That's done for prayer. Our Father, we pray that you might speak to us in keeping with your will for us. Again, our Father, for your love and your grace towards us, we praise you tonight. We thank you for the way in which you've used your people, both black and white, and people of all colours and hues. To bring an end officially to the slave trade but father we know that it's still alive there's still much more pain and suffering out there help us uh, then as those who are enjoying so much freedom use that freedom to bring freedom to those who are now enslaved in jesus name we pray amen thank you lord bless you